You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. You guys know I like to start off with a quick and simple quote. So I'll read it real quick. Competitive people will overcome any odds. Jay Leno. And also I like this one. Ignorance brings chaos, but knowledge brings understanding. So those are just two quotes that I want to throw out there for you guys today. If you're competitive, you will figure it out and make sure you're educating yourself and not staying ignorant. You always want to be evolving and growing. And it's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast. I always walk away a better person with more information. So I got a friend of mine. I was on his podcast and we're going to talk about his podcast, but let's talk about who he is, what he's doing. Brian Charlesworth is the founder and CEO of Sizu Growth Automation Software for Real Estate. Brian is an entrepreneur and a business builder. He has built and sold companies in the software industry, telecommunications, and franchise space. He's passionate about technology and focused on changing lives through driving technology forward. But uh, welcome to the show today, Brian. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks, Terrence. Pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, man. You know, obviously, it's the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. It doesn't mean you have to be a realtor. It doesn't mean you have to be a builder. It doesn't mean you have to be in sales. It just means you need to be involved in the real estate industry in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And I'm excited to have you and talk about what you're doing. But let's go back your story and just how you got to this point. And um, just tell me a little bit about you. Tell my audience a little bit about you. Back in the year 2000, I actually started a company that was voice internet. So I've been a, been in technology most of my life. We actually sold that company, but you know we were kind of betting on voice internet, and Steve Jobs was betting on this little device, right? Being, <laughs> being our, I think we both knew it needed to be mobile. Yeah. Obviously, everyone went to the phone, and now people are stuck finally twenty years later migrating over to the to the voice, Siri, Alexa, and Google. But after that, I actually jumped in and bought, started buying franchise companies, and so I bought eight franchise companies over eight years. The one closest to this industry is really Housemaster Home Inspections. I bought that, threw it up to about 400 locations across North America, and then uh, ended up partnering with Budget Blinds. We acquired some businesses under that and sold that business. And after that, my wife, who's in real estate, she had a small team of five agents at the time. She now has 30 agents on her team and just sold a brokerage with 100 agents in it. When we started Sisu, she had five agents. She uh, actually asked me to come in and help her build her business. And that's where I discovered all of the uh, opportunity to really build a software platform to streamline the real estate transaction process, to streamline the ability to coach and train and you know recruit agents and just make transaction management so much better, eliminate duplicate data entry, those kinds of things. So we started out by implementing some of these things in her business, saw that her agents were doubling their volume and thought, hey, this is something we need to take out to the industry. Love it. So we're going to dive in a a little further. So tell me about the 2000 voice internet business real quick, because I think there is so much wisdom in that, right? You were just thinking outside the box. You were being an innovator and why real estate entrepreneurs need to think about innovation. You know, I happened to be at MCI back when the internet came out. So it's a sign of my age for sure. I remember training people on how to search the web, right? Like MCI, which back then, for those of you who are younger, MCI and AT&T were the two major telecommunication companies in North America. And MCI was actually the backbone to the internet when it first came out. So that was my job, right? Selling data, teaching people how to use data. And uh, so I, I've always been super passionate about what the internet enables, right? What, what we can do because we have this thing called the internet. Basically, back then, I 
my vision was not always going to be that we have to be on our computer, right? When I'm driving down the road and this happened back in the year 2000, I was driving down the road, raising capital for my company. And uh, I was in a taxi cab and I said, pull up my emails from this person. And so you have three new emails from this person. Here's the titles. Which one do you want me to read to you? It would read it to me. I would respond. It would capture my wave file, my voice file as a wave file and send it through email to get driving directions. I could get, that was, you know, just the, the infancy of being able to do things like driving directions on your cell phone. That stuff didn't exist back then. <laughs> that was innovative if there was ever a word. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, trying to get people trying to get people to adopt these things too early is just it's just a balance, right? And so then you move into eight franchises. You move into eight franchises. You do the home inspection business. You know, you do the budget blind business. And then you transition into Sizu because your wife became a realtor or was already a realtor. And tell me her story just a little bit, like you being, you know, her support, you know, like her help and just helping her balance out her, her vision. Tell me what the thought process was behind her team and how you decided, okay, I can create a solution for it. Tell me the reason why. Yeah, so it's a great question. You know, I dove into her business and she really had, her business was 90% buyers at the time. And she wanted to, she really, her goal for bringing me in was help me build a listing business. Yeah. So I instantly hired a couple of coaches. If you hire a coach, you can learn in a few months what otherwise will take you a few years. So always hire a coach, right? So I hired a couple of coaches. Instantly, I'm having to track data. Instantly, I'm having to report data. There's nothing quite like tracking, you know, your number of conversations by writing down the four lines on a white, you know, on a piece of paper, and then the crossbar for the fifth one, and then adding it up at the end of the day. That's that's what the real estate industry allowed at that time, right? Um, you know, you had like the Mike Berry's numbers analyzer and things like that, but just nothing that really allowed you to track real time, allowed you to eliminate the duplicate data entry. So we found ourselves having our agents start reporting their numbers in every day, but getting them to report that was really difficult. So we ended up having them use, we ended up using smart sheets instead of Google sheets. The smart sheets would go out with the notification every day at 5 p.m. Enter your numbers. Well, we found that this was increasing the agent productivity. But honestly, there are a lot of team owners out there that they don't want to manage their teams this way, right? They don't have time. They don't want to be that detailed. They want everything to be automated. They want the data to be pulled in from a CRM and yeah. just enhance the, the experience of the CRM. So anyway, we, we ended up building an app first. So it was just on the phone and we put her agents on it, just using it. And really we found that most of them increased, they doubled their production. You know, they went from doing two transactions a month, to four transactions a month. Why? Wow. They were accountable, yeah. right? They were doing the activities they were supposed to be doing. It's really a simple thing. <laughs> but so then we rolled out the platform that really all of your intake forms are in there, all of your commission data, just everything you need to run your business outside of a CRM is in CSU, automating your entire business. So, you know, obviously we keep innovating, we keep driving it forward. And every every two weeks we're pushing out new stuff. You know, we just pushed out the ability to set up automated emails so that uh, when you go under contract with somebody, your TC shouldn't have to go in and sit down and draft an email that goes out to the vendors, goes out to the other agent, goes out to your agent, goes out to the client, all that stuff can be automated. So anyway, that's that's uh, something we just released actually today. But I mean, that's, that's that's what it's about, right? Constantly innovating and just empowering people like you 
to do a lot more business and be a lot more effective without having to hire all these people. Just automate those processes, make your people more effective. And if your people happen to leave you, everything should be in a system. So you can just bring somebody else in, they can pick it up from there and you're not having to train people constantly, right? So that's really our focus is really, you know, streamlining the real estate transaction. In addition to that, we have a recruiting platform to allow you to effectively recruit more agents. Do you track those efforts? How do you track those efforts? How many conversations are you having? How many meetings are you having? How many meetings does it take to get a recruit? All those types of things. If you're tracking that stuff, what you'll find is you can go from recruiting maybe 10 people a year to recruiting 100 people a year because you're you're actually have a focus on it, right? I'm going to make calls on this two hours a day. I'm going to do this marketing, all those things. And you can visually see exactly what you're doing. And you can make business decisions to, to improve where you're weak. So. Are you mainly focused on, so who's your typical client for CISU? Is it mainly real estate professionals? Is it other categories and segments like the realtors? So we have a real estate platform and we have a mortgage platform. That being said, we really focus 100% of our time on real estate. So we're just really focused on streamlining the real estate transaction. And it all starts with the realtor. So who is our customer? Our ideal customer is a team owner. That could be a team with you know a couple of agents. It could be a team with hundreds of agents. We found that now that we have full transaction management with Trello style boards and all that kind of stuff, a lot of and commissions and document management. We now have a lot of brokerages that are coming into the platform as well. But our ideal target, who we really built this platform for is a team owner. Mm -hmm. And our average team doubles their business every year. So I used to say, if you just track, you'll double your business every year. Well, we actually went and looked at, did the research. Whenever somebody comes into our platform, we import all of their data. So we have all their transactions for the last three years. And from the time of getting in our platform to the next year, and then the following year, what we found is our average team has a 107% increase in their volume and our average agent has a 28% increase. So anyway, it's not that we're just saying, hey, if you do, if you run your business this way, you're going to uh, double your business, but it's true. Yeah. What, what we really do is turn team owners into great leaders. You know, most team owners are great real estate salespeople. They haven't necessarily run a lot of businesses. So if we give them all the tools to effectively manage a sales team, do gamification, goal setting, goal pacing, goal tracking, leaderboards, all the stuff that you know you hear about in the four disciplines of execution, how you should visualize everything, you should gamify, you should have sales contests around appointments met, stuff like that. That's kind of where we started. And then we went further down the uh, real estate transaction process. Love it. If I was your new client, right? A guy who runs an independent or was running an independent, just merged with EXP, but still leading a team. And and then and now have my personal team, but I'm like pretty far in on my CRM. I'm using Skyslope on my, do you have any integrations that you can plug into? And then what would that process look like to convert? Yeah, that's a great question. So we are not a CRM. We integrate with pretty much every CRM in the industry. So if you have a CRM, you should have a CRM. If you don't have a CRM, go get a CRM. If yeah. you have a CRM, Having CSU is going to make you more effective at getting your team members to get into that CRM because now you're pulling in data like, okay, what are all the activities? What are they doing on a daily basis? What are their conversations? How many appointments did they set? How many appointments did they go on? All that stuff can be pulled in from your CRM. Exactly. Uh, then on the in, in client intake form, if somebody goes under contract or if you get a listing or maybe you got a listing appointment and somebody wants to prepare a pre-listing packet for you on the team level, at that point, you would fill out an intake form. 
Well, instead of doing that intake form in Google Sheets, which is what 90% of this industry does, do that intake form in CSU. Mm-hmm. And now all your data is in one place. There's no duplicate data entry. You move down further in the transaction and you get into things like transaction management, task management, the data is already in there. All you're doing is adding to it. So you're not having to duplicate that data all the time. And now you have real-time reporting at your fingertips 100% of the time. So you know things like, okay, how much am I spending on my leads? What does that mean? How much does, let's just take Zillow as an example. How much does it cost me a month for Zillow? Maybe I spend 20 grand a month. Okay, what does that translate into per lead? What's my cost per lead? Okay, now if I'm giving this many leads to this agent, what's their conversion ratio? And what some of our client customers are seeing is with one agent, you may may be making a really good return with Zillow investment. With other agents, you may be losing money. So send send the the leads to the agents that are converting those types of leads. And I mean, I see it even just here on my wife's team. Some agents have this perception that Zillow leads are great and some agents hate them. Some agents have the perception that OpCity leads are great and some agents don't, right? So give them the leads that they're actually, that they can convert because they, in their mind, they're better leads. So for that agent, they actually are better leads because they actually follow up with them. If I'm an agent and I get a lead and I don't feel like it's from a solid lead source, I mean, I've seen it, seen it over and over again. Those agents are not going to follow up on those leads. So just making decisions like that. Most people don't manage their business where they can make decisions every day. They're going to have a major impact on their business. If you're looking at your financials once a month, let's say, or you're looking at those types of things once a month, how are your agents doing on conversion ratios or anything else? You can make a decision once every month, which means you're actually making 12 key decisions a year. If you have that kind of information at your fingertips, real time, 24-7, you can make hundreds of key decisions a year that are going to impact your business. And that's why our customers are accelerating and really growing their business at a faster rate. No, and I think with the listeners that we have, obviously a lot of realtors, a lot of mortgage people, I think this episode is going to bring a lot of clarity because that's the fight right now is data, right? That's where everybody's in a fight for the information. And that's the part where I was saying years ago, Zillow is going to start taking our information, selling it back to us, and then they're going to become a brokerage and what have they become? You know, now they're hiring agents and everything else. So I think this is really important for us. So when we talk about data, right, let's say if I'm in my CRM and I have 35,000 contacts in one CRM of past clients, SOI, whatever, but the data is terrible, right? Because now his cell phone's not updated. How would we go about, could your system help clean that up and leverage that where we pull it and scrub it and get it like, is that something that it would do or? Not so much. If you look at what is a, what is a CRM in the real estate industry? Real estate, CRM in the real estate industry, I would say is two key things. One is it's an IDX website, typically. I mean, they're all a little bit different. Most of them are an IDX website that is going to bring somebody into your environment and it's going to say, hey, it's going to allow you to look at homes as if you're just on the MLS looking at homes. And after you've done three or four clicks, it's going to ask you to put in your information in order to continue searching for homes. Now that's a lead, right? That CRM has generated a lead for you, somebody you can follow up with. So what is the next thing the CRM does? It's follow-up, right? You can schedule, I'm going to follow up with this person next week at this time. Next next week rolls around, they're right there. Yes, you follow up because it's right in front of you to follow up, right? There's no way you could remember to follow up with that person. They have email campaigns, texting campaigns, things like that, but it's all around lead follow-up and lead generation. Our platform is more like a traditional CRM, like a Salesforce, where we're more of a data warehouse. 
we're more of a place where all of your leads, when they get to a certain point, like you don't want every lead in Sisu. You want every lead that gets marked hot, maybe. Maybe every lead that maybe once an appointment is set. At that point, there's going to be a trigger where it's automatically going to move into Sisu. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to manage it from that early funnel stage all the way till close and everything that you need to do. And even beyond close, right? If you need to take the sign out of a yard after it closes, or if you need something to happen to review documents to get paid, those types of things are going to happen in CISO as well. So everything you need to do to close out a transaction and get paid on a transaction. From the moment it gets marked hot in your CRM or from the moment, it depends on the customer. But our philosophy is, look, if you think you can get somebody signed in the next 30 days, that's the time you want to move them into CISO. Mm -hmm. If you just have thousands, hundreds of thousands of leads in your CRM, you don't want all of those in CISO. You want the ones that you think you can get to transact in the next 30 days. Okay. That makes sense. It's kind of that next step in the progression. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what it is. No, that's good. And then, okay. you know, with Skyslope, you brought up Skyslope. So we have an integration with Skyslope. So, you know, let's say everything, all the data comes from your CRM, which, you know, what are you going to pull from your CRM? You're going to pull your lead source. You're going to pull things like how many leads you give to each of your agents. You're going to pull the client name, possibly the client address, possibly, but probably not the transaction amount, you know, the GCI, stuff like that. And so what happens is is that data moves into CSU. Now you're going to take those intake forms, you're going to do, you're going to add to it in CSU. And then if you want things to be pushed into Skyslope or Dotloop or DocuSign, that's something we'll do on the back end as well. So we're not an e-signature platform. We integrate with the e-signature platforms as well. So we're not a CRM. We're not an e-signature platform. We are everything in between. We do have some overlapping things with some of those e-signature platforms because some of them do transaction management. We do transaction management as well. So for us, it's say, we don't care if you're doing that in CSU or in your other platform. We've found most of our customers want to use CSU for that because we do it. You know, we're a, we're a newer platform. So we, we have board views, uh, which most people are used to now because of Monday.com and Trello. And, you know, I see a lot of even EXP. I see a lot of team owners going to Monday.com or Trello. Mm-hmm. Well, Monday.com or Trello, what does that mean? It means you're going to have to do duplicate data entry again. Yep. You're going to have to enter that data into those systems. And then how do you get your reporting out? And so, again, if everything's in CISO, you have one database that has all your information. You can export it. You can import it. You can visualize it. You can gamify it. And you can get instant reports, custom reports at your fingertips 24-7, visible dashboards, all that kind of stuff. Love it, bro. So let's pivot on to the the other kind of segment that Cizu is doing. Like you said, with your wife, started off as with a couple of agents, thirty agents on her team, hundred agents at the brokerage. So she's running an independent. No, she actually bought a Realty One brokerage about a year ago, and she just sold it. And uh, she actually just made the move over to a company very similar to what you guys are at EXP. She made the move over to Real. So Real's very similar to EXP, but it's much smaller and uh, kind of little bit few years behind i would say maybe five years behind the xp good for her man so she used this same system to now set up her recruiting processes absolutely can you hit that that functionality real quick and then we'll move on yes so i mean terrence let me ask you how do you how do you track your recruiting efforts and the beauty is i don't recruit (laughs) no no but yeah I, i we were doing them in spreadsheets google sheets yeah. And then now we have a thing called CRM Grow or whatever and our own brevity. So we kind of got, we've tried a couple of different things. Nothing's worked well. So if you're using this, if you're using, most people are not using a CRM for recruiting. If you are, 
we'll integrate with that CRM and pull your data in from there as soon as you get an appointment scheduled. So if you think you can recruit someone, same thing. If you think you can recruit someone in the next 30 days, let's get them into CSU because now you're tracking your conversations, you're tracking your appointments set, your appointments met, and your recruits. You're tracking those new recruits. So somebody new to the business or experienced recruits, someone who's been in the business for however you want to define that. And then ultimately, right, it, because that's not in a spreadsheet and because that's all in CSU, now you have your custom intake form. So what information do you want to know on these agents? You know, do you want the real estate license in there? What information do you want in there? You can put any custom fields into that intake form. Now you have this thing as they get recruited that becomes an agent roster. Mm -hmm. So now somebody gets recruited into this agent roster. And now, once again, because task management is a part of our platform, when somebody gets recruited, what do we need to do? Well, we have an agent onboarding task list that someone on your admin team is going to take over and you're going to get them onboarded. There may be 20 steps to onboard somebody. Mm -hmm. Again, once you have this system set up, if you have somebody leave you from your admin team, it's not that big a deal. You could bring in a VA and they could manage that through the system task manager. And then, of course, you have the agent offboarding if an agent leaves, right? You have certain things you need to make sure get done. You need to turn them off of all of your uh, technology platforms. Uh, You need to close out all their transactions. You know, there's all these different pieces you need to do when an agent leaves. So it's really a recruiting platform, an agent roster, an agent onboarding, and an agent offboarding platform. Okay, that's good. So let's pivot on, man. If if you think about the real estate industry in a whole, what do you see as the biggest opportunity over the next 12 to 24 months? Any part of the real estate industry? Yeah. So obviously I'm biased. I mean, I have my opinions, which is what we're building. What we want. But to me, you absolutely, like this industry is all around automations. Like people like you, Terrence, you guys are doing extremely high volumes. You're doing a lot of transactions. That didn't happen. You know, 10 years ago, people weren't doing that kind of volume. Mm-hmm. The reason they're able to do that today is because they're leveraging technology. Yeah. So first of all, you have to be on top of technology. In my opinion, you have to be on a team. You either yeah. have to be a team owner, you have to be on a team. If you're not, I think you're, unless you're one of those agents that is just a super high listing agent that can go, you can go generate leads or listings on the fly. You can get, you know how to schedule listing appointment every day and you know how to get that listing every day. If you can do that, you're going to be in the business for a long time. If you can't do that, you need to be on the team. Otherwise, you won't be in the business in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had somebody on my podcast a few weeks ago that, that said one in every three, one in every 10 agents that comes into the real estate business survives beyond a year. And that word is survives, right? What does survive mean? Maybe they're doing 10 transactions, right? Just making it to year two, that's surviving. Yeah. Yep. Yes, 50%. 50% are out after year one. Yeah. If you're on a team, that number goes from one in 10 to one in three. One in three agents on a team survives. Now, if you look at your team, you may say, hey, look, you know, we hired 10 agents and nine of them survive, right? So some teams are going to be much higher than that. But it's because if you join a team, you now have all the tools, you have leads, you have someone holding you accountable, you have all these things going on. You have other people managing your transaction from contract to close. You're not an admin person. You're just a salesperson, right? So you can focus on sales and you have someone holding you accountable to that and assisting you with that in that they're typically generating leads for you as well. So it's just a lot of reasons to, to be on a team. Yeah, I always tell this story. It was at a Tom Ferry conference years ago. And I got to give it to Tom. He was ahead of the game. This was like 2013. And he brought up this agent and threw him a hula hoop. And that person was on the stage doing 
throwing one hula hoop. I might have told this story before. And then he started throwing that same person multiple hula hoops. They kept putting them over their head and was trying to dance with all of them. And obviously it just looked, it turned into a mess, right? Yeah. And then they brought up one person through the same guy. They threw him one hula hoop. Then they brought up another person through that person, a hula hoop. And he just kept bringing people on the stage and throwing them all one or two hula hoops at a time. And before we knew it, it was 10 people on the stage, eight people on the stage, and they were all managing the hula hoops. And he said, that's the analogy of one agent trying to perform at a high level in a very efficient team with processes and systems and accountability and lead generation. That's that team. And he said, if you're not on a solid team in the 20th century, especially by the time you know we get to 2023, 2024, because you got to remember, most of our consumers, we're, having to, we're not even competing against each other in real estate anymore. We're competing against other industries. Industries. So now I can just stay at home and click a button at Amazon and have soap show up at my front door, or I can just order my food and pull up and they bring it out to me. Everything is automated and everything it makes it a lot faster and more efficient. That's what we're competing with in the real estate industry. And like you said, if we don't innovate, we got to leverage through technology and team and processes. You're not going to make it. So the same way that Amazon is automating, that's the same. That's our same focus for the real estate industry, yep. right? Whatever can be done automatically and trigger and fire based on a certain date being hit, why not automate that? Why should you go in and manually do that every time? And it reduces the amount of errors you're going to have because the data going out is going to be the same every time, right? But with yep. different dates. No, that's good. Well, I always tell everybody like when you're on this podcast, you are like you're a real estate entrepreneur, bro. Like you're a tech entrepreneur, but you're a real estate entrepreneur. So uh, people always want to ask, though, like when we're on these different segments, they're going to look up your story, hear about the successes you had. They always want to know, where do you invest your money? So if I asked you kind of where do you invest your resources or your money? many opportunities. And I would say, you know, I've been to a lot of investment meetings from, you know, Tony Robbins events to a number of others. I used to be a day trader. So used to be, did you stop doing it? I stopped doing it because what I've learned and, you know, you learn this with experience and this is really, you know, you learn this with experience and age, I would say, and that is you're almost always better off leaving your money in the market <laughs> than trying to pull it. If you can find, this is the Warren Buffett strategy. If you can find good companies that you're addicted to, you just talk about Apple or I'm, I'm sorry, Amazon. Amazon shows up at your doorstep every day. Mm-hmm. That's probably a company you should invest in, right? You're addicted to it. You believe in it and it's going to be around for a long time. You know, if there's some other company that you are like, like, if, if you're a big fan of Apple and you should invest in it, right? If you're someone that watches Netflix every day, you should invest in it. Yeah. That's my opinion because if you invest in great solid companies like that and hold those stocks, that's where you're going to get your highest return. Now, if you don't want to have to think that way, like if I personally would say, don't try to time the market. Even the best, the best can't time the market. I got out of, you know, I used to have a lot of Amazon stock. I got out at 300 bucks because I bought it at like 40, right? So for me, that was a great thing, right? But no, if I would have held that, now look where it is. It's 10 times the 300. So anyway, I think you're always best to not try to time the market. Make sure you have enough cash so you don't need to pull out your cash when the market's down. You don't want to have to pull your cash out of investments, out of homes, out of anything when the market's down. That's when you want to be able to buy is when the market's down. Most people sell when the market's down. You want to buy when the market's down. So, you know, you, you we're in this industry right now where everything's on, you know, everything's at the highest ever. So that now's when most of the inexperienced investors are getting in. Well, now they get in, they put, let's say you, let's just say you invest a hundred grand in a year from now, that's 50 grand. What's going through your head? Oh, I got to get out. 
got to get out of this, right? Before I lose it all. You're not going to lose it all. The market goes up and down. You got to hold that until it goes back up. So my, my advice though is diversify that, right? Invest in real estate. You guys are in real estate. Invest in real estate. You can get homes at a discount. You know, you can, you can apply your fees towards those homes. Why not? You can easily get in and for a very low amount, buy homes and rent those, right? There's tremendous amount of opportunities with that. And now people, now other people are paying for those homes for you. Uh, if you're going to invest in the market, I mean, the easiest way would probably be the S&P 500, just the ETF fund called SPY. Because I mean, if you look at that over the history, you know, the last hundred years, it's grown faster than any fund. You know, if, if you're investing in some 401k fund, someone managing your investments, those all have fees. They all have people that are making decisions that are trying to do the day trading thing. If you just invest in the S&P 500, that's your top 500 companies. You're going to get better results there and it's going to be less risky. So. No, that's good. I mean, people need to hear it. You know, everybody's chasing the quick, fast, put it in, get it out. And like you figured out, like you said, wisdom and just spending energy, day trading, it's just, it's tough. I know everybody's into wholesaling right now. Everybody's into flipping and it's like, it's tough to flip houses in a seller's market. Yeah. Right. Because it's already priced at the top of the market and then you're going to grab it, turn around and then try to flip it to somebody else. It's, it's like day trading. You're playing it. You're playing the short game. Yeah. I'm seeing that today, but I'm not a fan. That's not flipping is not something I would be doing today. I've never done it, but some people do. And I just always encourage them to think long term. But if you got to do that to get the cash flow to invest long term, it's a means to an end. I like it. We haven't talked a lot about is you know Bitcoin. Obviously, I think I think everybody needs to have some some portion of of their wealth into crypto, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's something that a lot of people get uncomfortable with. But you know, if if you just get on something like Robinhood, there you can get into crypto without actually buying actual bitcoins and having to set up your wallet and doing all that kind of stuff. So anyway, there's ways to be in it without without getting too complex about it. For sure. I want to talk about your podcast, man. I want to plug that. You had me on and it was it was great talking to you. And this has been really good. I know we spent a, the majority of it talking about Sizu. And so I want you guys to know, like, this isn't a, you know, I asked Brian to be on the show. Like, he's not paying me to talk about his company. I'm the one asking the questions because I want you guys to see the value in leveraging. And before we move on, I want people to hear what he said in order to perform perform at a high level in real estate, you have to leverage technology, processes, and team, period. So I want to make sure we put that in there. But let's let's move forward. Let's talk about your podcast. Let's talk about your grit podcast. And why did you start that? What was the vision behind it? And how do you feel your audience is receiving it? Yeah. So, it, you know, it's kind of fun. I'm sure you get a lot of this, but I have people all the time. In fact, I was on a call right before this with somebody from a large real estate company, one of the, you know, large public real estate company. And they're like, they're an executive. And they basically said, Hey, I've been listening to your podcast. Love it. And so you never know who's going to be a part of that, but I'm a big fan of listening to podcasts. And I know I've learned a tremendous amount. I listen to a lot of SaaS podcasts as well as real estate podcasts. And it's it's a great way to learn, right? I like learning from other people's failures and other people's mistakes rather than learning from my own. And trust me, I've had plenty of mistakes and plenty of challenges and have been down that road. But if you can ever accelerate the growth and learning curve, there's no better way to do that than from other people's experiences. No, really. so, and the thing I love about podcasts is people are willing to share, mm -hmm. especially real estate industry, like people are willing to share 100% of their success. You just need to learn what they're doing. And then the question is, can you execute on it? But you have, your, you have the ability to get to 
all the information you need in today's world. I mean, everything we want is at our fingertips. And if if you're not so soaking in that information, if you're not growing, then you're not happy. Right? I mean, in order to really be happy, you need to constantly be growing. So podcast is one way of doing that. And if I could bring people like you, Terrence, onto my podcast, and you know, a lot of other people, great team owners, different executives, different people talking about selling your businesses, you know, and it's something you guys can learn from that. That's that's why I did it. Yeah, love it. That was my same passion, just to bring the information to people. And what I realized as I became an avid reader. I go through cycles of reading where like sometimes I'm like just all in. I'll read like 10 books, 15. I read 40 books in 16 months. And then I go a whole month. I may read half of a book. But podcasts, it's easier to stay in a routine because you can just hit play, be brushing your teeth, doing different things, and you're still getting information. So that's the reason I started it. So for my listeners, because I always like, you know, we know all these acronyms, cap rates, rate of returns, ROIs. So SAS, right? What does SAS mean? I know I know what it means, but if I'm the listener, you threw that out there, you listen to SAS podcast, what does that mean? Is how does that pertain to I know it's technology, but I want you to tell me what that is. Yeah, yeah. So SAS is software as a service. So CISO is a SaaS company. So obviously as a CEO of a SaaS company, which is software as a service, meaning it's they're really SaaS company is something you pay a monthly fee for. You're almost leasing it. It's it's a web-based platform that you're paying a monthly fee for. It's way cheaper, you know, in the 10, 20 years ago. We would spend millions of dollars building a platform. In fact, I know of several real estate teams that have spent millions of dollars building out Salesforce. Salesforce instance, specific to them, they pay somebody $100,000 a year to manage and maintain that. Well, you can go do that or you can pay CSU, you know, 250 bucks a month or somewhere in that range. And you have that, except for it's customized just for real estate. So that's really what SaaS is. I learn a tremendous amount from people who have nothing to do with the real estate industry. There are other entrepreneurs that have built SaaS companies that can teach me things like how to reduce churn levels, how to you know scale the business, how to hire the right people, all those kinds of things. So anyway, with me being in the in the middle of that right now, I spend a lot of my time there. I also spend a lot of time listening to real estate podcasts. Love it. Love it. Last couple of questions, man, then I'm going to let you get out of here. So we always ask our guests to bring a book. You brought a couple. Tell me about it. Tell me about your favorite book and why, or if you want to tell me about a couple of them, and then we'll hit the final thoughts and some takeaways. Right now I'm reading Winning by Tim Grover. He happened to be Michael Jordan's and Kobe Bryant's personal coaches, training them on mindset. Anyway, I think it's a great book. If you guys haven't read it, that's what I'm passionate about today because that's what I'm in the middle of. What is that book called again, Brian? Called Winning by Tim Grover. Winning by Tim Grover. Okay. He was on Ed Milet's podcast. So this is, I listen to Ed Milet's podcast. Ed Milet has Tim Grover on. Tim Grover is talking about his new book. And I'm like, hey, I love that podcast. I'm going to listen to this book, right? <laughs> so, so, so anyway, that's kind of the way it works, right? That's why you want to listen to podcasts. Two of my favorite books... I kind of like it when people tell their story, right? So Shoe Dog, I think it's a great book, founder of Nike. How did he get there? What were his challenges? As an entrepreneur, I face challenges every day, right? I know you've faced a lot of challenges in, in your lifetime. Yep. You know, we have a choice when we have a challenge. We can either, how are we going to respond to that challenge? That's what defines who we are. So are we going to get up and are we going to, we're going to keep going or are we going to give up? And, you know, Growth Mindset's another great book thinking about that, but, or Grit's another great book thinking about that. But I really love Shoe Dog. Another one I love is Winner's Dream. That's actually the founder of SAP. Mm-hmm. And uh, SAP acquired Qualtrics 
last year. Qualtrics is a Utah-based SaaS company, just sold for $8 billion and went public, currently at about a $17 billion valuation. So yeah. anyway, I right when they started, right when they announced Qualtrics, uh, he came out with Bill McDermott, came out with his book, Winner's Dream, which is basically his life story of how did he work? And he was not the founder of SAP, but he worked his way into the CEO role. So just how did these guys do it? they do to get there? How do they think from a business perspective? Just gives me new insights on you know things I need to be doing to run my business. And so I really like books like that. Love it, bro. All right, man. Thank you so much, man. So final thoughts, what do you want to leave our listeners with on the show? And then once you answer that, I want you to also tell us how my listeners can find you. Great. So, you know, if, if I want to leave real estate with anything, it's know how to generate your own leads moving forward. Like that's the key to the next few years. So if I look at most team owners in the industry today, they're all now hiring and building an ISA team mm-hmm. or an SDR team. If you're in the SaaS business, you would call that an SDR t- team, which is sales development rep. But in uh, real estate, it's an ISA rep, right? Inside sales agent. So what's the reason for that? You need people who are constantly generating leads, listing appointments, buyer appointments, rather than just constantly paying somebody, you know, a Zillow up city, somebody like that. Doesn't mean do that, I would keep working with companies like that. Why not? That should be a portion of your business. And at the same time, you should be generating some of your own business that's more profitable, which gives you... So you're not dependent on anybody moving forward. I think that's the key to, to being successful in real estate right now is you really know how, need to know how to generate your own business. Man, I love it. I'll usually finish, but I'm going to ask one more question. <laughs> Because I know people always ask me, they would say, all right, so if I get an ISA team, who do they call? Like, how do they generate business? What would you say the top three to five things if you said, all right, Kyle, Terrence, you're going to start a team or you have a team and you need an ISA department. Here are the kind of basic categories that they need to call, right? What what would you, what would that be real quick? What most people do is they haven't called their database. So most, you know, most team owners have a database of 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 agents. Mm-hmm. Agents, uh, you know, clients, potential clients, but people who have come into their their CRM at some point and searched their website. My opinion of this in today's market is if I had an ISA, I would have them do some of that, but I would have them spend at least three hours a day calling really easy leads. These are people that want to sell their home today. Not only do they want to, they're trying to, and they're called for sale by owners. <laughs> yeah. You can you can go to Zillow and you can click for sale by owner and it'll pull up every for sale by owner in your market. There's your list. Click on them, start calling them. Why? These people already want to sell their home. You don't have to convince them to sell their home. They also, in today's market, most of them are underpricing their home because they're not getting competitive bids. Oh, yeah. They need an agent to represent them so they can get competitive offers. And so there's never been a better time, in my opinion. I mean, a lot of people look at the market we're in today and they say, this is a challenging market. In my opinion, there's never been a better real estate market than the one we're in today. You just need to be working the right leads. Those leads are listing leads. Then you control it. Then you don't have to put in all these offers against you know 20 competing offers. So you know, there's never been another time, though, that you can really approach these guys and almost guarantee them, number one, you're going to get them more for their house. Right. Number two, you're probably going to be able to sell their house in a week. So when you see that for sell by owner that's been on the market for 47 days or 65 days that's sitting out there on Zillow, you reach out to them. Guess what? How bad do you guys need to sell? Why are you selling? Where are you going? Ask those questions. And immediately you're going to find what their need is. And they probably wanted to have that home sold 30 days ago. So if you get their home sold in the next week and get them more money in their pocket, that's what they really care about, right? I mean, they're all in their mind. They don't want to pay a real estate agent fees. 
But the reality is, if you can get them more money than they actually have their home listed for there on Zillow, they're gonna they're gonna say yes all day. So in my opinion, that is the number one place. If if I was brand new to this business, I would spend all day every day in Orso Lounge. Love it, bro. That's a lot of wisdom there, man. Thank you. I'm gonna make sure that I get that out and I'm gonna be calling my team after this. Pull up Zillow for sale by owners. <laughs> All right, man. So how can people find you if they want to keep up with you, Brian? So before, before I do that, I want to tell you, yesterday, I actually coached a few of my wife's agents. So yesterday, I coached two of them to do exactly what I just told you. And on my coaching session, I actually pulled up, I had them pull up Zillow. I showed them how to get the information they need. I showed them what to call. Within 30 minutes, one of them said, just scheduled my first appointment. Five minutes later, just scheduled my second appointment. So, I mean, I met with him at four o'clock. By 5.30, he had two listing appointments. That's awesome. So, I mean, just trust me. Do it. You'll be happy you did. Thank you, bro. Best way to get a hold of me, my email is brian at sisu.co, B-R-I-A-N at S-I-S-U dot C-O. Not sisu.com, but sisu.co. You can also go to our website, sisu.co, and we have a little chat icon chat bot bottom right hand corner you can actually try to reach out to me there if you reach one of our team members they'll get you in touch with me so one of those two ways is probably the best i am on linkedin as well easy to find me there easy to find me on twitter so feel free to go you can reach out to me any of those ways man well thanks for being on the show man and really appreciate you being on the real estate entrepreneur podcast man we'll stay in touch and like i say when we get to utah i'll look you up awesome thanks terrence good to see you yes, guys. sir thank you bro Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 